and welcome to Hitting Play, the podcast where we review, analyze, and discuss shows, movies, and other curiosities. I am Scott, and joining me is someone I've known all of my life, me. Scott, how you doing? Very good, Scott. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, this will be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, this week, I ask all of you to join me on a trip to a town that has it all. Jefferton. Yes, this week, Hitting Play is covering the Adult Swim cult classic animated series created by Tim and Eric, Tom Goes to the Mayor. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, mine too. Uh, the episode I watched is a favorite. It's entitled Glass Eyes. It was written by Tim and Eric and aired on Adult Swim September 4th, 2006. Now, Scott, did you ever watch this show? You're asking me? Yes. Okay, well, yeah, I think we both know the answer to this question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, initially, I didn't watch the show because it had a weird look, and I just, I don't know, I guess I just wasn't used to that unique Tim and Eric style, and, uh, you know, that humor is weird, it had a weird look, I, I just didn't give it a chance, but uh, not until the second season did I really give it a shot, and then from there, I was just completely hooked. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, now, to give everyone some background on Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim, uh, they met and became friends in 1994 while attending Temple University and created a series of shorts which they later featured on their website. In 2001, they compiled these shorts on a DVD and just mailed them out to some of their favorite comedians. Bob Odenkirk, who at the time was best known for Mr. Show with Bob and David, uh, now probably more, more so Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he was someone that loved what he saw. In fact, he agreed to work with Tim and Eric on a pilot for Adult Swim, and this became Tom Goes to the Mayor. And they also even did a second pilot featuring Bob's comedic partner, David Cross. So it, it just goes to show you sometimes in life, it's worth taking a chance. And sometimes the worst that can happen is that somebody says no. Yeah, well, it was a yes in this case. Yep. Now, Scott, can I borrow $100? Sure. Yeah! Now, they originally pitched the show as an interstitial. It was just going to be something that ran between shows, but the head of Adult Swim, Mike Lazo, he saw its potential as a series. And it was a good choice. Now, Tom Goes to the Mayor premiered on November 14th, 2004, and lasted for two seasons, which consisted of 30 episodes, uh, two pilots, and a special. And the last episode aired September 25th, 2009. This show is basically about an idealistic 32-year-old named Tom Peters who moves to the town of Jefferton and despite all of the hardships he encounters, mostly from his family, uh, he tries to rise above it by pitching ideas of civic improvement to Jefferton's enigmatic mayor, just known as the mayor. And uh, one of the unique aspects of the show is its animation style, Something not seen before on television, uh, most of the show is made up of photographs rendered with the photocopy filter on Adobe Photoshop. Uh, as a result, all of the human characters, they appear white and blue and mostly move in stilted motions, you know, because it's all just photographs. In fact, one of the unique aspects of the show is how people clap. They hold one hand in the air, one hand below, and they kind of just sandwich them together. It's a very strange motion. It's hard to describe, but uh, if, if you see it, you know what I'm talking about. But that photocopy filter, uh, that's that weird look you were referring to earlier. Yeah, it's hard to describe. It's almost, it almost looked like they were made out of 
flat pieces of plaster. Yeah. Now, not everyone liked this show. Oh yeah, this was a this was a very polarizing show. In fact, Adult Swim even described it themselves as one of their most polarizing shows, adding that people either love it or they hate it. Well, I love it, and I hope you do too. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I know. I mean the audience. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, Scott, is this routine getting old already? <laughs> yes, uh, probably, but we must continue. Yeah. Now, if you want to follow along, this show is available in a few places. It had a DVD release of the entire series. It's also available through the Adult Swim app and through many cable providers, too. All right, so let's get right into this show. What? We open with the words, Jefferson Alive, being sung to us as part of a tourism video for the fictional town of Jefferson. This theme song was written, composed, and performed by Davin Wood, a musician that reached out to Tim and Eric in the early days of their website and became a frequent collaborator ever since. Yes, in fact, he and Tim Heidecker went on to release a couple of albums together as the duo Heidecker and Wood. So yeah, Tim, Tim's actually a pretty good musician, as well as Davin Wood. Now, cascading across the screen are images of families enjoying the town, as well as many of the sights that the town has to offer, including Reasonable's Grill, Gulliver's Buffet, and all of the businesses at Jefferton Gate at the Plaza Square. Uh, there, these businesses include, uh, I, was, I had a pause to read them all, there's, there's Brown's Chocolate Outlet, Festival Buffet. Yeah, Pete's Za is one of them. Yeah, there's uh, Saucemans Family Sauce Homestyle Restaurant, the, the 98% store. Different hats, like an, uh, an apostrophe in the middle of it. Yeah, missing a letter. Uh, <laughs> factory Alert Systems. Yeah, there's also, there's a store just called Mart. Yes, as well as uh, Tiny Chairs and Jesters, uh, many of which play prominent parts in various episodes throughout the run of the series. Yes. We next see the Mayor's Office, which is in a rented store space below the Pipe Buffet. And uh, as the music continues, we see the Mayor, played by Eric Wareheim, pull up on a scooter with a child in the back. He introduces himself as the Mayor and tells us that his door is always open for... And then he says, Yeah! As he speeds away mid-sentence. Uh, we quickly cut now to the industrious workforce of Jefferton. Uh, people that are stamping Made in Jefferton on a box of adult-sized tiny guitars. And there's a man waving to the camera as he fills a Gulliver's Buffet snow globe with water. Now a picture slides into the middle of the screen. Uh, featuring Tim Heidecker's character Tom Peters. Uh, described actually in the caption of this photo as Newest Resident Tom Peters. Yeah, and Tom here tells us at the beginning of every episode, you know, my name is Tom Peters and I'm full of ideas. Yeah, and as this picture flies away, underneath we get a quick scene at Gulliver's Buffet where Tom and the mayor shake hands uh, while the city council applauds. You know, it's that weird clapping. And on the screen we read, Community Spirit! And then we get a silhouetted screen wipe of two people shaking hands. Yeah, I love as they, they shake hands and they move by each other. You get the, how are you? Ha <laughs> ha. We next see uh, Savers and Reasonable's Grill in one of Jefferton's bland, empty strip malls. This is just a, a, a rundown, sterile city. And now on the screen, we read, Shopping! And a station wagon pulls up with a little girl eating strawberry ice cream. And the camera zooms in on the scoop as it transitions into a pink balloon at Gulliver's Buffet. And we read the word, Food! And there's this long camera pan over some of 
Gulliver's buffet food items and trays and then on plates. And the song finishes with the lyrics, free to be, being free, Jefferton alive. And we get a fried chicken drumstick wipe that brings us to a scene of children, each holding a sign with a letter spelling Jefferton, then alive is superimposed under it. Yeah, and Scott, if you if you notice here, well, you notice because I noticed, yes. but uh, anyway, the, the kid here holding up the R in Jefferton, he's holding it upside down, and a right side up R is also superimposed on it. You know, it's like kind of like trying to correct it. Yes, and the, the screen freezes, and we pan back to see that this is being shown on an old TV in a waiting room, and we cut to the title of the show, Tom Goes to the Mayor, with the words created by Tim and Eric under it. So, I mean, really, they set you up that this is going to be fun. <laughs> I don't know if the, the city is really that fun. So, uh, as the episode begins, we cut to an exterior shot of the mayor's office as we hear the sound of glass being tapped. Cutting inside, we see the mayor with an unimpressed expression on his face, and he's tapping with this metal pointer. Panning across, we see Tom with a very large glass eye. In fact, it's a green eye. And he's standing there as the mayor taps it with the end of this long spike. And we also see that Tom is holding on to a green walker. Uh, one of those, you ever see those walkers that people use? Uh, not, not like the old style, but the new style with the, uh, the handbrakes and the handlebars. He's got one of those and it has a basket. And in that basket are some long sub sandwiches. Now the mayor is confused and he asks Tom, uh, what's that thing again? And Tom tells him it's a glass eye, and, and we learn here that he recently had lost his right eye in some accident with his stepchildren. We're never really sure exactly what this accident was. Now the mayor continues to tap for a while. Uh, he's even pushing the eye in a few times. Uh, and then he asks Tom if he can feel what's happening to him. And Tom laughs, and he, he tells him that he can feel it a little bit, but it's fine because it's, you know, it's not connected to any nerves or anything. And the mayor seems very disappointed by this, and he's like, all right. <laughs> I think he really wanted Tom to feel at least a little pain. Yeah, it really seems that way. <laughs> uh, now they stand there awkwardly and silently for a few moments. Then the mayor begins official business by saying, mayor's office. And so Tom, you know, he's nervously uh, beginning his presentation to the mayor, first introducing himself as Tom Peters, like he always does. And then the mayor greets him back. Uh, Tom begins to tell the mayor about a charity that he's currently doing work for, and uh, he stopped by to tell him about this, and the mayor is willing to listen. So Tom, pressing a button on one of the handlebars of his walker, deploys a projection screen over the mayor's window and begins to play a web film, as Tom calls it. Now, as bored as the mayor seems to be throughout all of this, he's still quite interested and tells Tom to proceed. So as the camera zooms in on the projection screen, we see the logo for a mysterious organization called the Donnington Group. The Donnington Group. Yes. This presentation video begins with photographs of disadvantaged children with no eyeballs. Now in voiceover, somebody asks, don't you wish there was something you could do for all of the poor eyeless children of the world? And the voice continues, well, now you can. And we next see that these words are spoken by a man named Dr. Dave Foley, played by the very funny Kids in the Hall alum, Dave Foley. Now, Dr. Dave Foley looks very nervous, very agitated, and he's constantly looking over to the side as if he's being held hostage and threatened into saying these words. Yeah. It, now, in the commentary 
for this episode, Eric Wareheim reveals that this was completely Dave Foley's unique acting choice for the character, and that for some reason, this doctor was being held against his will and forced to speak. And uh, Tim Heidecker said that when they bring on a guest, they usually kind of have like a rough idea of how it's going to go, and he cited this as a great example of someone just bringing something unique to the scene. But yeah, it's very funny because it's never explained. Yeah. Yeah, also mentioned here is that in the early conception of the show, Bob Odenkirk recommended that Tim and Eric try to bring on guest stars that were really recognizable to people, and that way they could be attractive to networks. And uh, that was the case, obviously, with David Cross appearing on the second pilot. So, you know, Bob Odenkirk had a lot of connections there. Yes. Dr. Dave continues by saying that the Donington Group, who are makers of glass eyes, happen to have a surplus of factory imperfect glass eyes, and they have agreed to donate all of their oversized, discontinued, novelty style, and misshaped glass eyes to needy children. Which is very nice of them. (laughs) The camera next pans to two photos of eyeless children, now with giant glass eyes, and these photos are being slid across a desk over a file folder, kind of like a, you know, a job well done type of thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, these photo illustrations are pretty hideous looking, as listeners can imagine. Yeah, and if you look at the details, we see that there is one boy named Pa-Ga-An, with two apostrophes, age 10 from Uzbien, Katorna, age 9 from Plushtar, and Marza, age 6 from Columbus, Ohio. Now, cutting back to Dr. Dave, he asks if there's some way that they can bring dignity to the poor eyeless children, and he holds up a dime and asks, after all, what's a dime worth anyway? And zooming in on the dime, the Roosevelt face uh, animates and uh, replies, Not much. Not much. Yes. Yeah, and if you notice, FDR, that's Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. And that's one of his many on-screen appearances throughout the series. Now, cutting back to Tom and the mayor in the mayor's office, the mayor tells Tom that it sounds like a great charity and offers him a dime. And Tom explains, well, you know, may, maybe I've accidentally misled you and really not allowed to take cash donations. But Tom says that he's there for a hoagie sale. And so the mayor really doesn't understand. So Tom further clarifies that every year, Jefferton hosts an event called the Father-Son Barrel Goat Hunt. And one of Tom's stepsons is very excited to participate. So Tom must sell a hundred hoagies just to qualify to enter. So accompanying Tom's explanation is a PowerPoint presentation on the projection screen, still covering the mayor's office window. Tom's PowerPoints are always great in this. Yes, we get a lot of these. Uh, On this, we see that the proceeds from the hoagie sales go to a foundation called Two Eyes for the Third World. And for every hoagie that Tom and others are able to sell, the Donington Group will donate one glass eye to an eyeless child. Only one. Now, in the commentary for this episode, uh, Tim Heidecker mentions that in the planning, this episode was very complicated, and they had similar charts to this, actually, in real life, made up in their office. It was like explaining the various organizations, the flow of money, basically how like the plot related to all of this. And he says that there were many serious conversations about the story, and he described it as sickening. <laughs> now... The mayor is pretty positive about the situation, saying that it sounds great, but then he poses a question. What the heck is a hoogie? Yeah, a hoogie. 
Strangely enough, though, as the mayor asks this, we see on the projection screen, we now see a picture of a hoagie along with the word hoogie, uh, spelt H-O-O-G-I-E, followed by a question mark. Yes, this is one of many small instances uh, in which the reality of the show is slightly warped. Uh, now, Tom goes to explain what a hoagie is, basically a long meat and lettuce sandwich, and really that starts to appeal to the mayor. Not, not the charity or anything, not helping children, but the idea of a hoagie. Now, the mayor, in deep thought, he imagines himself licking the end of a hoagie, which, of course, we see this happen. Yeah, I love this. And then, then he just snaps out of it and gleefully sings to Tom to, Sign me up for one hoogie. <laughs> <laughs> now, we next cut to that evening in front of the house of Tom and Joy Peters, and, and we see that their house is pretty run down. It, it's, if, if you can imagine, just a gray box amongst other houses that look the same, kind of a, a bad part of town. There's no grass, no vegetation. And uh, next door to their house is the Jefferton Heavy Equipment Storage Yard. Yeah, it's a terrible place to live. Yes. We also see here there's no grass in the front yard. There's only, like, dirt, cinder blocks. There's trash being eaten by a stray German shepherd. It, uh, a very nice touch I always like. The house number is 68 and a half. Yes. The half, half house number. Now, the mayor pulls up on his scooter wearing giant sunglasses, uh, then crashes it off screen. He then walks up to the door and rings the doorbell. Tom yawns and answers the door in his floral pajamas, asking why the mayor's there so late. Yeah, and Scott, they're, they're not even pajamas. They're, it's like, it's really a nightgown that Tom wears. Yeah. It's a, a very funny moment here. The mayor asks, who's there, please? And Tom answers back, it's Tom Peters. You know, to, to the, every time he interacts with the mayor, it doesn't matter if it's in his office or at, at uh, Tom's front door, he still has to say, you know, like, who's there, please? Tom asks what's up with the sunglasses, and the mayor, lifting them, tells Tom, take a look at these babies. And Tom just kind of yells in horror as we see that the mayor has replaced both of his eyes with giant, hideous glass eyes. And he tells Tom he did it because he took his advice, decided to replace his real eyes with some glass ones. It's a miracle that he found Tom's house. But anyway, the, the mayor then asks Tom if he had any more of those hoogies lying around. But Tom tells him that he's not selling them anymore because the city council had canceled the barrel goat hunt due to previous instances of people getting hit by arrows. So we next uh, zoom in on the mayor's face as his glass eyes aimlessly rotate in their sockets. In hearing the mayor's inner dialogue, we hear that he says to himself, no barrel goat hunt means no hoogies, and no hoogies means no hoogies for me. <laughs> it's all about him. And then, I love this, the, the mayor, he's like, he moans in despair. And he, he sings, I need my baby hoogies. <laughs> he, has this, he has this pained look on his face. And uh, this, to me, is just one of the funniest moments of the entire series. I always laugh at this. Oh yeah, me too. Now, from here we cut to the title card of an old black and white cartoon dated 1931, Old Jefferton entitled The Barrel Goat Menace. It's like an old propaganda cartoon. Uh, also, at the bottom, we see that it's paid for by the Jefferson Department of Health. We get the effect of the flicker of an old projector as the cartoon continues with a narrator warning about the barrel goat menace. And we see a cartoon man, and he's whistling as he walks down a city street. 
Yeah, this is really cool. We never saw anything like this before, and I don't think after uh, on Tom Goes to the Mayor. It's very reminiscent of those classic Disney cartoons going way, way back, like similar to like Steamboat Willie with the early Mickey Mouse, uh, cartoons like that. Yeah. Uh, but now, as the narrator warns, behind every corner lurks the dirty vermin known as the Barrel Goat. And we see a very sinister-looking cartoon goat peering around the corner of a building at the Walking Man. Uh, we next see a pickle barrel with a lock and chain around it, and the cartoon goat sniffing the fumes rising from it. The narrator explains that the vinegar quaff can send the barrel goat into a violent frenzy. The cartoon goat then maniacally shakes his head from side to side, bearing razor-sharp teeth. Uh, he then also says, And don't forget, barrel goats eat babies too. And we quickly see the shadow of a goat rise above a bassinet. So we cut to the cartoon man with a bow and arrow, firing at the goat, and the goat's able to dodge it in a very old cartoon way of, like, extending his legs up in the air. Uh, the narrator warns the audience to grab their bows and quivers and strike before a barrel goat strikes them first. So as the cartoon ends, we pan back to see that it is being presented at a city council meeting held in a corner of Gulliver's Buffet. The mayor is now standing at the podium with Tom seated beside him. And the, uh, the mayor now appeals to the city council saying, so as you can see from this documentary we just saw, the barrel goat hunt just has to be a priority for Jefferton. Yeah, and we see here there's the, the three-member city council sitting at the table. Uh, one of them is always, asleep, well, not always, but most of the time asleep. And uh, there's a sign hanging in front of their table reading, Barrel Goat Hunt Subcommittee. I just uh, love the signs throughout Jefferson. There's always signs being made for even the, the smallest of meetings. And uh, Ron Lynch is one of the members of the city council. He's a, a very recognizable voice in cartoons. Currently, he's the voice of uh, Hugo the health inspector's partner on Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah, very funny. He was on home movies, too. Yes. Now, uh, the first councilman, played by the aforementioned Ron Lynch, uh, informs the mayor that they have not had a barrel goat problem in the town for several years. And the mayor just quickly disagrees. So then the second councilman further explains that, you know, their main concern is the killing of innocent people with arrows. And the first councilman chimes in saying that, well, if the mayor does insist, they could probably get a few goats from the zoo, provided they keep the hunt within the vicinity of Memorial Park. And then that second councilman likes this plan and agrees, saying, well, that could limit the amount of innocent deaths. Yes, limit. Limit the amount. <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor excitedly tells Tom to mark him down for 100 hoogies, then he'll meet at his house in 10 minutes so they can practice for the goat hunt. Yes, in fact, when he says this to Tom, he ends it with, we can practice for the goat hunt partner. And yeah, nervously, Tom tries to explain that he was planning on partnering up with his son. And, yeah, and the mayor quickly replies, wrong again, buddy. It's like, it doesn't matter what Tom wants, it's going to happen. Yep, whatever the mayor wants. So from this scene, we quickly cut to the spinning Channel 5 logo and the only married news team, Jan and Wayne Schuyler, played, of course, by Tim and Eric. Yep, fans of Tim and Eric also know uh, these married news anchor characters. They also appeared in Tim and Eric's next show that they would do after this, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, Great Job, uh, along with John C. Riley, who they brought on in that series. And then he played Dr. Steve Brule, which also ended up 
getting his own spin-off series. Yes, check it out with Steve Brule. Yes. But uh, but here, Jan and Wayne, very awkward poses as usual, they break the news to Jefferton that the barrel goat hunt is back on. And they explain that there will be teams of two that will search out and hunt the goats. Yeah, we, we get a little history here. Uh, we also learn that these teams, they consist of a shepherd and an archer. And traditionally, the shepherd uses his staff to hold down the head of the goat while the archer, I guess, takes the kill shot. <laughs> really, uh... Kind of against what the shepherd does. <laughs> now, cutting back to that evening at Tom's house. Uh, now, if you notice, there's three dogs eating his trash outside. Uh, we see Tom once again in that nightgown, informing his three stepsons. Yes, another nice touch here. Sleeping in a triple bunk bed. Uh, yes. All on one yes. side of the room. And, and he informs them that he is now going to be paired with the mayor for the barrel goat hunt. And I love here, he's trying to spin it as good news and bad news. And the bad news is, you know, obviously he can't bring his stepson to the event. But the good news is he's been looking for some quality FaceTime with the mayor, as if these kids are going to be happy for him. They, they Throughout the show, they really hate Tom and they don't respect him at all. And if that wasn't disappointing enough for the stepson, Tom also takes the boy's sleeping bag that he was planning on using uh, before he meets up with the mayor. And the three boys cry and Tom shuts off the light. And then just then... Tom's wife, Joy, appears and says, you know, nice one, idiot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a little info on Joy. Joy is played by the actor Michael Schmidt. Uh, he, you may have seen him on, on Tim and Eric, awesome show, great job. He appears in other Tim and Eric stuff. I believe he was a, a big part of their live show when they did like a touring show. But uh, the voice of Joy is actually done by uh, Stephanie Courtney who uh, people may know better as Flo from the Progressive Insurance ads. Yeah. Much different voice. Okay, so we next cut to Memorial Park, where Tom and the mayor have pitched a tent on the lawn, and inside the mayor speaks lovingly to his hoagie, as you know, Tom nervously says thank you, thinking the compliments were directed towards him. As they go to sleep to prepare for the day ahead, the mayor shuts off the light in the tent. I'm not sure exactly why he needed it in the first place, maybe... Tom had it, but uh, as he does this, we see that the mayor's glass eyes are glow-in-the-dark, uh, revealing that they look like snake eyes with other floating designs. There's alien faces in there and pot leaves and four-leaf clovers. <laughs> I, and I like here Tom rolls over and he sees this and just gets very scared. No, it's frightening. <laughs> very weird looking. Now from here we cut to Jefferton's Memorial Park, where a cheering crowd of teams dressed as shepherds and archers stand in front of a giant funnel connected to a metal slide. Now to the side of the park, there's a soundstage equipped with a giant screen, and there's a table where the city council is seated. On that screen, Dr. Dave Foley is back. He, he welcomes Jefferton, uh, saying that the Donington Group and Two Eyes for the Third World thank them for their generous donations, totaling $130, meaning that they will now be able to craft 3.4 eyes for underprivileged children. And everybody claps. Yeah, and if you notice here, it seems very generic because, like, when he mentions the name of the town, it freezes, and we get, like, a computer voice saying, Jefferton, and also for the amount of donations, $130 and 3.4 eyes. It's all a computerized voice. And now as Dr. Dave nervously opens the ceremony by saying, let's go hunt those goats, we see a helicopter dropping the goats into the giant funnel. So as these goats now slide down the metal slide to the park, 
Jan and Wayne Schuyler appear on the screen and they sing this song. I, I guess it's encouraging the teams to begin the hunt, really describing the process. It's a very odd sequence. Yeah, but Scott, you know, as odd as it is, uh, actually Tim Heidecker reveals in the commentary that the episode was actually rewritten a few times because it ended up being too silly. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, he was also in on the uh, the commentary for this episode. He mentions that uh, the episode did end up having too much plot and story as well. So, you know, it took a, a fine balance. And as he mentioned, a lot of the Cartoon Network viewers were not looking for a complicated plot or story. And you got to imagine with an 11-minute runtime, you know, how much can you actually fit in there? So, you know, a lot of it had to be pared down and maybe uh, the course had to be changed a little bit. You got a lot of notes on the commentary. Did, did you buy the DVD? Yeah, I borrowed it from you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, anyway, as the goats escape through the police tape and leave the park, Jan begins to sing that the goats left their designated spot. <laughs> now, yes, in the commentary, yes, there's another one, uh-huh. uh, Tim and Eric laugh about the absurdity of these newscasters because they're, they're live singing the breaking news. If, you're, if you think about it, uh, as, as Tim brings out, are, is this whole thing scripted that the goats are supposed to escape? If not, then, then Jan is just kind of making up these lyrics on the spot, doing a pretty good job. Just very, very funny. So now Tom and the mayor get on the mayor's scooter and chase after the goat down the streets of Jefferson. Yes, and remember, throughout all of this, the mayor is blind. He had both of his eyes completely replaced voluntarily. And Tom's not the one driving. Between the two of them, there's one good eye, as, as uh, Bob Odenkirk brought out. So Tom's back there yelling the directions to him from the back. Really, really <laughs> funny. So eventually they trap the goat at the end of an alley. Uh, Tom, being the shepherd, holds the goat down with his staff and tells the mayor to take the shot. And we next see that Tom has decided to pick up the goat, I, I guess to make it easier for the mayor. Uh, and so now the mayor is trying to go by Tom's directions and he's just aiming the bow and arrow all over the place. So then the mayor indiscriminately fires which hits Tom's glass eye in slow motion as he screams. We then see the arrow turn around, it ricochets back at the mayor in slow motion, then ricochets off the mayor's glass eye, and then turns around and in slow motion back at Tom. And of course, this time now, the arrow hits Tom in his left eye, his real eye. And we cut to black. Now fading in from black, we see an airplane with, it's like a made-up language written on it, with the words, one week later. And in voiceover, we hear Tom's words as he writes a postcard. (laughs) He says, Dear Joy, I have some bad news. It looks like I'll need to establish residency here for one year to qualify as an orphan to receive my free eye through the Two Eyes for the Third World program. And during this, you know, while we're hearing this, the scene changes from Tom kind of looking out, although I don't know how he's looking, but he's facing out of the airplane window with a bandage over his eye wound. Uh, and it changes to a scene of Tom sweeping the streets in a foreign country. His letter continues, This is unfortunate because I've yet to take to some of the spices they use in the food here. I also hope that I'm not swayed by one of the many religions they have to offer. See you in about a year. Love to the boys, Tom. And now cutting to the postcard, we see that this, actually this postcard is labeled Tom Peters Postcards. That's like the company that made it. Um, that possibly one of Tom's many ideas for a new business. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, and instead of stamps, we see that Tom has scotch-taped some coins. 
and uh, we see that instead of writing words, he's just scribbling with a pen because remember, he cannot see. So as the postcard flips over, we see that it's a picture of Tom. He's standing in front of palm trees with these buildings in the background, and Tom is smiling, and he's got the giant bandage. He's making some sort of gesture, and the words at the top say, I'm sorry. <laughs> one more point from the commentary. I promise this is the last one. Uh, Tim Heidecker, he, he talks about this moment here completely summing up the character of Tom for him, that uh, at all this crap that ends up happening to him throughout all of it, he's the one in the end apologizing. Yeah, that's his character in a nutshell. And from here we get our closing credits and the production logo for Absolutely, featuring an old home video of Tim Heidecker's dad saying, Absolutely. Yes. All right, and that's Glass Eyes, a great episode of Tom Goes to the Mayor. So, Scott, what are your thoughts upon watching this episode for the podcast? Oh, wow. Well, yeah, this is a show, like I said before, I didn't catch it until much later on. And uh, I had to go back and watch them all. And they were just so great. And the show lasted for a while. And uh, then I bought the DVD. And every so often I'll go back. Because, you know, 11 minutes, a lot of these Adult Swim shows... You can go back and you can watch a whole bunch of episodes all in one sitting. And every so often, I'll, I'll go back and watch them. There's uh, there's also great commentaries, as uh, you know. As you know. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, great, great show. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend to any listeners, please uh, check it out. It's very funny. Uh, it is polarizing, as it was you know mentioned earlier. Some people don't like it. You may not like it. Maybe you will. But if you do like it, you'll love it. People probably best know Tim and Eric from uh, Awesome Show, Great Job that they did. Uh, this is as if almost they had one sketch instead of a whole bunch of them. Uh, for better or for worse, this is like one bit, one focused sketch for the entire run of a series. So um, maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. So it's, uh, it's definitely worth a watch and uh, you know to give it uh, your attention. Yeah, I'm with you. I just I love this show. It's so great. It's it's so unique, and I think that's, well, as you said, you know, that's why we didn't watch it at first, but just a, a great show, definitely worth revisiting, and it's one of those shows, like you said, short enough, you can watch a whole bunch in one sitting, and worth revisiting a couple of times. There's a lot of small jokes you might have missed, a lot of sight gags, a lot of great guest stars, uh, really worth your time. All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Hitting Play. As always, you can email us with your comments, suggestions, any barrel goat sightings, whatever you got for us at hittingplayshow at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Twitter at Hitting Play. Now, Scott, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, I am on Twitter. My name there is at MC and Friends. You can follow me there. Uh, I am also on Vine. There I do flip page cartoons, little humorous animations, and uh, you can check my stuff out there. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Okay, well, I guess I don't have any. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. It helps us out, and if you do, you will get a shout-out on the show. Uh, for Android users, we are also available to stream in or download on Stitcher. We can be found on TuneIn Radio, and we are now also on the Google Play Music app, so check us out on those platforms as well. Well, we have been Scott, and this has been Hitting Play. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, so what happens in the future? Uh, we record this podcast. <laughs>